We cannot miss the message of the rapture. What does it mean, the rapture? The rapture means the catching away of the Christians, the saints of God, the believers, the sons and the daughters of God before the time of the tribulation, the end time, great troubles coming to the world and to the earth. Well, what does it have to do with me? Well, whether rapture comes or not is not my problem because if it comes, it comes. So why do we have to know about it? Well, some people may say, well, I believe in the pre-trib rapture. That means I will be caught up before the troubles come. I believe in that too. Well, that means I won't be here during the time of sorrows, during the time of great troubles. So why do I have to know about the end times? Well, if you think like that, I ask the Lord to deliver you from this narrow mindedness. <laughs> you know, it's not that if it's nothing to do with me, I don't need to know it. I don't want to know it. Can't be bothered. It's too big. It's too high for my little mind and for my small world. I pray that you repent right now and ask the Lord to deliver you from that narrow mindedness. So what is the rapture? The rapture shows us how good our God is, how real his grace and his mercy, how real they are. The rapture shows us and tells us that God's protection is for his people even during the time of judgment. Even during the time of judgment. So how much more now that we are still living in the time of grace and mercy? So why is it so important to have the knowledge about the rapture and to have the knowledge about the end times? Because in the know, there is the flow. In the know, there is the flow. And uh, Christians, we are those who live in the union with God, with the Holy Spirit. So that's why we need to be in the know in order that we can be in the flow. Amen. And another reason is that to be in the know, you will be in the glow. To be in the know, you will be in the glow. Our born-again spirit is the light bulb that's on the inside of you once you got born again. The light bulb glows with the Holy Spirit. Your spirit glows with the Holy Ghost. And that's why Jesus calls us the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill. Amen. We are like the receiver. We're always receiving revelation from God. And revelation knowledge will shine out of your spirit. Revelation will shine out of your spirit. And it's the revelation power that drives demons away and draws angels to minister for you as the heirs of salvation. The third reason, knowledge is power. As we get into God's knowledge, we get into God's power. We're talking about knowledge, revelation knowledge, not information, not head knowledge. And as we get into God's prophetic knowledge, then we get into his revelation power. 
is the revelation power by which you can create your world. You can create your world and build your future. Amen. By the will of your Father. So the more revelation knowledge you have, the more you will get into the knowledge of God's plan for your life and for the whole of mankind and for this planet Earth. Then the more you get to know His heart, and the more you know His heart, the more you will grow in your union with Him. For how can two walk together except they agree? Then it's easier, easier, and a lot more、uh, easier for the for the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, and to use you and to bless you. The Bible is a prophetic book. If you look at Isaiah forty-six verse ten, the Bible tells us God tells us He's the God declaring the end from the beginning. That is, He knows what the future is going to be like, and He works from the future back to the present. And He says that My counsel shall stand. That means God's word will stand. In the past, the present, and the future, and that's why it is so important. It is so powerful to build our lives on the Word of God. Amen. It is so powerful. It is so important, and it will be so successful to build your business on the counsel of the Lord. Live from your God-ordained future. Speak it out. Pray it out, build and live it, and you will become so highly motivated, so energetic, so joyful. Amen. Because you're living from your God-given future. There is a beauty in need in every one of us to know our future. If you cannot see your future, you will become hopeless. It's just like how can you get into the drive? How can you get into the car and drive if you don't know where you're going? So there is a beauty in need in each and every person to know his or her future. And I'm here to tell you that during the end times, hopelessness will be the worst epidemic, even worse than sickness and disease and poverty. And hopelessness will prevail in the world in the end times. And it will be the worst epidemic the world has ever seen. The need to know our future will be and can be completely satisfied by the Word of God, for the Bible is a prophetic book. It foretells our future with instructions and with warnings. It equips and empowers us to live a prophetic life. By the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we as believers, we as the sons and the daughters of God, we can foretell, and we will be forewarned as far as our future is concerned. The Bible is the believer's roadmap; is our supernatural light unto our path, a lamp of revelation unto our feet. 
When you have the word, you, you will have the supernatural leading and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And the darkness of the devil, the darkness of the world will never be able to confuse you, will never be able to intimidate you, and you will never be lost. At the same time, it's very, very important that we as believers, we as the sons and the daughters of God, we as the warriors of his kingdom, that we don't get into presumption. That we don't get into mental faith and verbal confessions without the leading of the Holy Spirit. Remember, there is always an unction. There's always a leading of the Holy Spirit in everything that we do. The Spirit and the Word always work together within us and for us. Leading and confirming the guidance that we have received from the Holy Spirit. Every prophetic warning and leading, listen very carefully now. Every prophetic warning and leading, whether it's by the impressions that you receive, whether it's by the counsels that you receive, by dreams and visions, via the gifts of the Holy Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, will come to pass. That's how we know that is of the Holy Spirit. Some Christians think that we don't need to study the Bible. We don't need to know too much. We do. Why? Because we have to disentangle the tactics and the lies of the devil. How many of us understand that wars are won by tactics? So that's why it is so important to get into the revelation knowledge of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it may take some time for the blessings or the warnings to come to pass. But it will always come to pass. Fulfilled prophecies point us to the accuracy of the Bible, the word of God. I know that there are some churches, when it comes to Sunday service, they don't tell you much, you know, if you want to know, then you go to Bible college. I don't agree with that. I believe the body of Christ needs to know the knowledge of the Bible. We need to know, and we've been given the time to know. So that's why it's so important, and that's why I'm teaching and preaching this on a Sunday. Fulfilled prophecies point us to the accuracy of the Bible, the Word of God. We need to understand that the Word of God has the power of fulfillment. And the Word of God also has the power to act. The power of fulfillment and the power to act. The inherent power to, ref- to fulfill itself. The inherent power to fulfill itself and also the the power to perform what it says it will do. Especially during this time, dispensationally, the end times. The word of God also has the power to fulfill itself for you individually, personally, in your world. Let's look at some of the prophecies fulfilled according to God's word 
in his calendar. Number one, prophecies on Jesus. There are more than 356 prophecies listed in the Bible to do with the Messiah, to do with Jesus. And all of them had been fulfilled. I give you some example that Jesus must be a descendant of Abraham and a descendant of David. The Messiah must be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Also, the Messiah would not have a bone broken. And then his coat will be gambled instead of torn apart. The Messiah would be hung on a tree, just like the serpent on the brazen pole during the time of Moses. A very important word that Jesus himself said, you can find that in Matthew chapter 2 verse 23. A very important scripture in, in the gospel referring to Jesus. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. Every prophecy in the Bible, every prophecy in the Bible either had been fulfilled or will be fulfilled. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. We are not talking about prediction. We are not talking about a forecast. We are not talking about premonitions. We are not talking about fortune teller. We are talking about the testimony of Jesus. The Bible is not into fortune telling, but the Bible is into testimonies, fulfilled prophecies, the testimony of Jesus. The second prophecy that had been fulfilled is to do with Israel as a nation. The second group of prophecies is to do with Israel as a nation. Well, Israel was born as a nation in 1948, only three years after the Holocaust, during which Hitler killed one-third of the world's Jews. Within hours after the independence, Israel was attacked by the Arab League, which vowed to exterminate all the Jews. And then what happened was the famous Six-Day War. Think with me for a second that Israel was fighting several Arab countries at the same time. And they all had troops larger, greater, outnumbering the Israelite troops. So how did they manage to win the war so decisively and obtain their country? And also the miracle was that they had fewer casualties than the Arab countries. You can look that up yourself. The key is God was on their side. 
If you look at Amos chapter 9 verse 14, Amos chapter 9 verse 14, and this is God speaking, I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel. That's the work of the Lord. And then in verse 15, this is very clear. He said, I will plant them upon their land. And they shall no more be poured up out of what? Their land, which I have given them. It was a miracle that God had given them back their country, their homeland. The third group of prophecies that had been fulfilled, it's to do with knowledge explosion. And we are seeing that fulfilled right now. Knowledge explosion, both spiritual and natural knowledge explosion in the end times. If you look at Daniel chapter 12 verse 4, the angel told Daniel to shut up the words and seal the book. Shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, fly to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now understand that in those days they had no airplanes. In those days they had no internet. So that that was a foretelling prophecy. And then in Revelation 22 verse 10. Revelation 22 verse 10. Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book. The angel told John. For the time is at hand. We're living in the days, we're living in the time when we have a lot of knowledge, information in the natural and revelation in the spirit. So this prophecy definitely had to be fulfilled and we're having more and more to come, knowledge and revelations. Number four, prophecies to do with human degradation. Now, in fact, I was watching uh, Nine News uh, last evening, and I was so shocked by the ads, you know, in between the, the news. I saw a man who was completely naked two times. They showed it. We are living in the time of human degradation. You know, there's no morality at all. And this fulfills Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 to 7. Second Timothy chapter 3, 2 to 7. I'll just highlight that the people will be scoffing, mocking. They are being contemptuous of what is holy, what is good. They have no second thought about morality or God. This is in the Amplified Bible. They are callous. They are truth breakers. They don't care about integrity, responsibility. They are harsh and relentless. They are despisers of those that are good. It's very hard for you to find people who are faithful and loyal. They are traitors, hot-headed, puffed up, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Some have a form of godliness, just playing pious, but denying the power of God. Don't believe in miracles. And then there are some that would go into your house. You know, we have in these days when the social media creep into our houses. The social media trying to creep into our soul, into our brain. And then the last verse telling us that 
people will be ever learning, you know, doing a lot of learning. People love to learn, but yet never be able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth. The truth. Not just knowledge and information. We need to know that the prevalent ungodly nature of men has been escalating. And it will continue to escalate. Why? Due to the widespread of atheism and evolution. That's what the schools, the universities, the colleges teach and indoctrinate. Now, what's happening? We are harvesting a generation of atheists. God-defying self-centered people. And it's very important for us as Christians that we be not naive and we be not presumptuous. We need to live by the knowledge, the prophetic knowledge of the end times which God has given us. We need to live by prophecies and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to live by discernment. The fifth group of prophecies that have been fulfilled or are being fulfilled. A perilous time globally as we move towards the end times. Wars, catastrophes, famines, pandemics, earthquakes will continue to grow worse. Will continue to grow worse. And we are going into a global time. A one world government, yet at the same time, is also a time of divisions and wars like never before. Now the sixth group of prophecies that have been and is being fulfilled is to do with climate changes, earthquakes, great heat, hailstorms. You can look it up yourself in Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, and Revelation 16, verse 9. We're definitely moving into it. We need to understand that the world or the earth, the world and the earth, they are both running on a lease. And before the end of this lease, there will be a terrible time called the Great Tribulation. When the world will experience the rule of the Antichrist. And the world will be ruled by devils and demons. And people that are like animals and beasts. And then on top of it all, extreme weathers, sicknesses that they have no answers for. Pestilences, famines, earthquakes, catastrophes and calamities. There are three wraths as revealed in the Bible. Number one, the wrath of God against the wicked. Number two, the wrath of men against each other. Number three, the wrath of demons against men and God. And these three will again escalate and be released in a greater and a greater measure in the end times. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, 
You know, sometimes we can think, oh, love is the answer, peace is the answer. If love and the, if the love of people and the peace of the world is the answer, then there's no need for Jesus to come. Sometimes, you know, it's important that we are not simplistic. We need to know the Word of God and live the Word of God and work. The word of God. That's how we have our success. Matthew 24 verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation. Such as has not been. Since the beginning of the world to this time. No. Nor ever shall be. So Jesus is talking about a terrible time. That mankind had never experienced. So we haven't got that yet. We are not in there yet. Look at this. Listen to this. Here is a revelation. The reason why God had to justify us is by justification that we are saved, right? Not by our good works. The reason why God had to justify us with the righteousness of Jesus Christ is so that he can raise us up. So that he can raise us up above all that is human. So that God's judgment will not be against us. Because we have been raised up above all that is human. Above the world. Raised up above all that is human. Above the world and above demons. It's so important. We have been raised up above the judgment against sin, the judgment of against people, the judgment against the world, and the judgment against demons. We have been raised up above the three wraths, the wrath of God, the wrath of men, and the wrath of demons, by the goodness and the mercy of God, his grace. So when we talk about the rapture, we're talking about the grace. When we talk about the rapture, we're talking about walking in the spirit. It's the spirit of grace. It's the spirit of sonship. Can you tell me, Pastor Dora, so where are we now in God's calendar? Yes, I'm going to tell you. If you go to Haggai chapter 2 verse 4 to 9. Haggai chapter 2 verse 4 to 9. This is where we are now. We are in the time of the shaking. We are in the time of the shaking. And the admonition, the word of God has for us three times. Be strong, O Surabel. Be strong, O Joshua. Be strong, all ye people of the land. And then he said, and work, for I am with you. And then if you go to verse 6. I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Look at verse 7. And I will shake all nations. We're seeing this happening now. We're seeing this. And the good news is, if you continue to read, I will fill this house, referring to God's house, with glory. Say, of the Lord of hosts, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. 
And in this place, I will give peace. It's the peace of God, the supernatural peace. So what do we see in here? We see in here the promise of revival. The promise of revival. Why? You need to understand that if there is no God, there is no hope. The devil tries to convince the world that, you know, your life can be good and nice and all of that without God. But that's a lie. Without God means without goodness. Without goodness, how can there be hope? And without hope, how can there be peace? And Jesus is the hope that never fails. So the church is entering into a time of glory until the rapture comes. The world will plunge into a time of darkness and chaos. Taken over by sensuality. Taken over by occults. Taken over by technology. People will become hard-hearted, cold, and controlling. With no morals and no scruples. So what's so good about the rapture? What's so good about knowing the rapture? The rapture is the good news. Knowing the rapture is so that we are safe and secure. We know that we are safe in the plan of our master. That you do not have to be afraid with all these troubles that are happening around you. You can be secure and you can be strong in his security. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nine. We need to read this. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nine. For God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. So God had not appointed us unto wrath. That's why I believe in the pre-trip rapture, pre-tribulation rapture. So the rapture is our God-given provision for us to escape the time of wrath. Just like he had provided healing and health for you against sickness, protection for you against danger, provision for you against lack. So that it's important for us, you know, that we don't have a victimized mentality. You're more than conquerors. You are not victims. At the same time, we don't have an escape mentality and attitude. When troubles come, Christians, we're not looking for a way out. We're not looking for a way to escape. We're looking for the way to conquer, to overcome. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We work with a certain and a triumphant attitude. How do we know that this is true, that God won't have us go through the the tribulation? There are evidences in the Bible. Noah and his family escaped, delivered from the flood. Lot and his family delivered from the fire that rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah. The whole of the nation of Israel delivered from the ten plagues that fell on Egypt. Rapture is called the blessed hope. You can read that for yourself. Titus chapter 2 verse 13. Now how would that happen? First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. 
with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. Now listen to this. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Listen to the description. The dead in Christ. So we are the living ones in Christ. So the key word is in Christ. The dead in Christ shall rise first. You can also look at the precedence in Matthew chapter 27 verse 52. Read that for yourself. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Where? Now on the earth, in the clouds. In the clouds. To meet the Lord where? Now on the earth, in the air. So this is about the rapture. It's about the catching up of the saints. This is not about the second coming. When Jesus would come to judge the world. And then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1. Now remember last Sunday I told you Thessalonians, God's first, uh, sorry, Paul's first letter to his churches. Okay. So, so Paul was having this revelation. He was on fire, you know, and then he talked about our gathering together. Notice the preposition unto him. So it's our gathering unto him. Okay. That's the rapture. In the Bible, we have been given prophetic books, prophetic books like Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Malachi, Joel, Revelation. Why are we given those prophetic books? So that we may order our footsteps according to the prophecies. So that we can have a good future. The tempter will convince you that you're okay to ignore warnings. And they may sometimes drive you to just make money, to make a good living, to plan, to organize mentally by human experience, past knowledge and intelligence. But God's spirit is over and above human experience and intelligence. And we must never neglect that. There are consequences to neglecting the leadings and the warning of the Holy Spirit. The still, small voice. The unction, the prompting. The tempter's evil consequences may take a while to manifest. Sometimes a few months, sometimes even years. But they will eventually come. It pays to obey God. It costs to neglect him, his servants, and his leading. Rapture, how would that take place? That will take place by the spirit of sonship. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 19 says, The Lord knows those who are his. You might think that you have backslidden and there's no hope for you, but the Lord is still calling you. He knows those who are his. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 to 16 talks about the spirit of sonship by which we call Abba, Father. So let's live by our born again spirit, our sonship, unction, knowing and leading. Let's obey the word of God. What Jesus said, occupy till I come. Some of your questions may be, what about my kids, my career, my business? 
will be led to intercede, to make decisions, to live wisely and successfully in the eyes of God. Amen. And finally, please know for sure that we are already in the beginning of the end times, in the shaking times. Things are not going to get better, but worse. All the six points that I mentioned above will continue to escalate. The key is stewardship and discernment. Live by prophetic knowledge. The full knowledge that has been given to us. Be confident. Be strong. Be actively serving. Watching and praying. And stay informed by the Holy Spirit. Stay in the flow of the revelation. The glow of the Holy Spirit. Don't be ignorant, naive, simplistic, nor stubborn. Amen. Can I pray for you right now? Father God, I bless each and every person within the sound of my voice who is watching right now. Precious Holy Spirit, you are so wonderful. And you are not far away from us. You live on the inside of each and every born again child of God. And you assure us of your protection, your provision, even in the perilous times, even in the time of judgment. And thank you so much that you are the Lord that you watch over us, that you take care of us, you order our steps. And Father, I pray for each and every person, if anyone has missed you, to come back to you. Anyone who has backslidden, to come back to you. Anyone who has been presumptuous, to repent. Father God, we treasure above all else your leading your guidance, the sonship that you have given to us by which we cry, Abba, Father. And Father, we pray for our communities, for our families, Father, for everyone who does not know you, for anyone that we know who has backslidden, for anyone that we know that are not saved, and we stand in the gap for you to enlighten them, to touch them, to melt any hardness of heart, to dispel all the lies of the devil, to break the stronghold of atheism and evolution, to reveal the power of your righteousness, your redemption, your grace your mercy. Lord, draw your people back to yourself, to your heart. You know your sons and your daughters. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Now let's go to the time of tithes and offering.